good, everyone? Service time this Wednesday evening. Hallelujah. We're just thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Praise His holy name. I know I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord today with James and Sister, Sister Mabry. It was a pretty good day other than just too many people on the road. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it just feels wonderful to come to the house of the Lord and just to give Him praise and glory and honor, to thank Him for the day, thank Him for keeping us safe, protecting us on the road. So, thankful to be here tonight. We're going to open up with uh, some uh, prayer requests. If anyone has a special uh, spoken request this evening, we'll take up this time and to go to the Lord in prayer. Pray for you, Brother Lee. We'll take care of that schedule. Anybody that needs prayer, all right. Let's just remember our service tonight. Lord, have His way. Remember, uh, pray for Pastor. He brings a lesson to us tonight. And let's just invite the Lord into this place this evening to. Give us exactly what we need this hour, Father, for we we can never receive enough from Jesus. We, uh, he, he is more than able, more than willing to give us exactly what we need uh, any 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 day of the week and any hour of the day. Let's, let's just invite him in, welcome him to this place. Hallelujah. Let's all stand and go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just come to you this evening giving you praise and glory for this day. We thank you, Lord for keeping us. We thank you for your hand of protection. Lord, we thank you for strengthening us, Heavenly Father. And Lord, you know every need, every situation. Lord, we just give to you to handle in your mighty way. Lord, comfort those who need comfort this evening. Give strength, Lord, to those who need strength. And Heavenly Father, we just invite you into this place this evening. Hallelujah. Lord, we just give you praise and glory for all things. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We just praise your name because you are worthy. There is none equal to you. There was none beside you. There is none before you. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. And we will praise your name. We will lift up your name. Hallelujah. We thank you for it tonight, Lord. We thank you for your blessings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus, let everyone say, Amen. God is good. All the time. And all the time. Give him a hand clap of praise as Sister Kessie comes tonight. Hallelujah.
just worship him tonight, church. Hallelujah.
No one else like Jesus. Hallelujah. He does miracles so great. I know that he has worked in each and every one of our lives. Hallelujah. And he deserves all the glory. Hallelujah. All the praise. We can never praise him enough for what he has done in our lives. Hallelujah. I just thank the Lord tonight. Give him praise and glory. I was thinking uh, the first worship song there, talking about Jesus being the bread over there where I work. And a lot of days when I come in from my run, I'll go over there and I'll uh, split my set apart and go over there to the fuel bay and uh, get some fuel for the truck. And there's a, a, a bakery that's off to the right of me over there. And it's uh, Crown Bakeries, I think. And I'm not exactly sure what all they make other than I know there must be some bread in there. Because y'all know what y'all know what bread smells like cooking, you know. And, and I uh, I smell. I'll go over there, and like I said, I, it's many days. I, you can just smell that bread cooking, and it makes you want some bread, you know. And, and and I just I just think about the Lord that way. Every every time I smell, I say I just think about the Lord. How if we get into the Word of God, if we Jesus is a bread of life, we get into His Word, and you know we can uh, just it's it smells that good. It's that good. It's that refreshing to get into the Word. Uh, and he sees to every need and every situation, and it ju- it just makes me think of that every time I smell that bread. And if, if if a people could just come to that understanding that Jesus is the bread of life, and if we if we could look at it that way, and you know to to be in His presence and to know that everything that we will ever need is in nobody else but Jesus Christ. He is our bread of life. There is no life outside of Him. He, he is all, but we're going to uh, have just a moment for a testimony this evening. I'm going to uh, bring the microphone around to those who uh, may have a testimony. So we want to give praise to Jesus, and your testimony could uplift someone tonight. So who would be the first to stand give a testimony? And I'll, that's right. Go ahead, brother. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord.
Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank the Lord. Anyone else want to stand and give a testimony? in the spirit realm the same way we're packing in the Holy Ghost and speaking and decreeing the words and y'all like the pastor said anointing your windows your doors your home you know you find yourself sometimes in the night when you've woken up that sometimes it's a real uneasy feeling like you need to do that for anointment but a lot of times I feel that it's more in the spiritual realm it's the warfare for others right the sickness of revival there I know all these great things are going on but there's all around the world
main focus of this nation. We are aliens. We are definitely just passing through. This world is going to pass away. But that heavenly kingdom that Sister Edna made, Brother Jeff made, all these church mothers made, you know, it's all going to be okay. And it's okay now. Whether we stay or whether we go, we're winners either way. to uh, say a prayer over the uh, offering for this evening and if you have an offering you can bring it and greet one another in the Lord hallelujah heavenly father we just give you praise and glory for this day we thank you Lord for blessing us for keeping us safe we thank you for providing Lord and just bless this offering right now bless both the gift and the giver and bless each and every one who is with us tonight either here in person or those who are watching the live stream, Lord, just bless each and every one in the mighty name of Jesus. Let everyone say amen. God bless you this evening.
been taking us nothing in. God is good. And all the time, give him one more hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. I want to remind everybody while I'm thinking about it, I have to do it while I got it on my mind or I'll forget, but uh, there will not be a service next Wednesday night because we always uh, cancel the service um, before Thanksgiving. Uh, and so uh, we will not uh, be here next um, Wednesday night. And that'll give everybody a chance to make plenty of pies and cakes for the pastor to drop by on Thursday. Hey, I, I've got to do something. One of my dickens over here don't want to give me no retirement pay. <laughs> mm. Lord Jesus, help me. <laughs> I have um, been looking through uh, the letters of um, of John, and he, uh, of course, he wrote uh, the what we call the Gospel of John, and then he penned three uh, letters at the end of the book: First John, Second John, and Third John. And then he was the one who uh, wrote the Book of Revelation. And out of all the disciples, uh, he, is, he is called the disciple whom Jesus loved. Um, there was a closeness there that John had with Jesus that uh, uh, really surpassed the normal. And uh, uh, so being that close to the, to the Lord and everything that he wrote, especially the book of Revelation, we know that uh, God blessed him and he's got some um, very great insights of, of um, the, uh, the Lord and what the Lord's heart is. And um, I put together some things that I call lessons from the epistle of 1 John. Don't know if I will cover uh, all this tonight. If we don't, we will finish up at a later date. I'm not going to rush through what I've got. But if you remember when John the Baptist came on the scene in the wilderness preaching and baptizing people, telling them to uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he's the one that was called to be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Uh, and uh, if you read all the stories about that, you'll you'll know that a lot of the religious people uh, in that day, especially the Pharisees and the Sadducees, um, came to him wanting to be baptized. And he refused to baptize them. He would not baptize anybody just because they wanted to come get baptized. I think some of us sometimes would, would do good to uh, uh, look at that example. Because there's a lot of times a lot of people get baptized that's not ready for baptism. Uh, and uh, if, uh, if you're not ready for baptism, then it don't matter if you get baptized in Jesus' name or any other name. It's not going to do you any good. Uh, uh, everything's got to be right. And John says, I want you to bring forth fruits, meat for repentance. Now what he meant by that is, is that you're going to have to show me some evidence that you've repented. Because I'm just not going to baptize you just because you want to be baptized. He said, you're going to have to bring some, some fruits, meat for repentance. You're going to have to show some evidence. And um, that is very important. And there is, there is evidence in every one of our lives that show whether or not we have had a, a, a new birth and uh, a lot of them are there's seven of them seven fruits recorded throughout uh, the letter of first John that display the new birth uh, 
These are, the, these are fruits. Uh, they're not options, they're fruits. Uh, and uh, that, that, that show and display uh, that there's, there's been a change in somebody's life. So we're going to go through these seven things tonight. And I have them uh, written, uh, some scriptures written down. And if you look ahead, you're going to see some scriptures that are printed in blue. Uh, most, um, well, all of them looks like is on the, on the first page. And those that are written in blue, I did not uh, print them out, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need somebody to prepare to read some of these and help me when we get there. Um, there there's, there's one at, at, up here at the beginning in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. That, um, that I'll need somebody in Philippians 2 and 8, Mark 1 and 35, and John 8 and 11. So let's get into this tonight. We're talking about fruits, uh, bearing fruits in our life that display the new birth. And the first one is, according to what John wrote, those who are born of God keep his commandments. Those that are born of God keeps his command. Man, it's amazing to me how many people want to claim Christianity and being a Christian, but they live like the devil. And they seem to think they're all right. Uh, and, and they want to get all, get all upset and, uh, and jump in your face when you point things out. Oh, oh that's judging, that's judging. Let me tell you something, folks. If, if I or any other minister on the anointing of God preach what the Word of God says and you get hit and your toes get stepped on, they're not judging you. You've got a guilty conscience. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'll let me throw this out here and they'll let, let you wander that around. The Bible don't teach you we're not supposed to judge anyway. What? Jesus said judge righteous judgment. Uh, there... There's, there's one scripture there that we, uh, we won't take and pull out of context, but um, the Bible says that the saints is going to judge the world one day. Amen. But those who are born of God keep His commandments. 1 John chapter 2 and uh, verses 3 and 4. Look at this. He said, By this we know that we have come to know Him if we keep his commandments. That's a fruit, folks. If we follow his commandments, if we do what he has written in the word to do, by this we know that we have come to know him. So that, what that tells me is, if you don't do his commandments, then you don't know him. That might be tight, but it's right. Hallelujah. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, woo, is a liar. Mm. Now, I'm not, I'm not calling nobody a liar, but John here did. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. That's pretty tight stuff right there. Amen. So, we're talking about fruits that displays the new birth. And one of those is, is that we keep his commandments. And then in the third chapter of 1 John, he says something else. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. So there we have it. Amen. Uh, this has nothing to do with people making mistakes and, and um, um, tripping up. We know that nobody's perfect. And that's not what this, this scripture is teaching. It's not teaching you've got to be perfect. But if you really know the Lord, uh, you're going to have a desire to live as close to God as you can. And when you do mess up and when you do something wrong and you find out about it, it's going to burden you. You're going to be upset about it. You're going to go to God, Brother Paul, and you're going to repent right then and there. Amen. And that's what it's talking about. 
uh, but we all know people who claim to know him and they break the commandments all the time, but it don't bother them. They have no remorse over it. You know, well, you know, and, and that's, that's the excuse that they'll use. Well, nobody's perfect. Well, that's not what the Bible's teaching right there. Amen. But if we know him, we're going to do the best we can. And when we mess up, we're going to do our best to get it made right. Amen. We know by history that by the time John penned this letter, there was a lot of false teaching taking place, and one of which was Gnosticism, influenced by philosophers, and maybe you remember these names by school. Plato, he was one of them that they, they, they followed after. Gnosticism is based on the premise of dualism regarding spirit and matter. Now, the reason why I'm giving you this um, is that you'll understand something here about trying to live right. In his epistle to the Colossians, Paul wrote against the philosophies of man. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. Who, who can read that for us? Amen. He said, don't let nobody, beware, don't let nobody cheat you. The original King James, I believe, says, spoil you. Uh, amen. Through this philosophy. Now, look at this in your handout. Gnostics assert that matter is inherently evil and spirit is good. As a result of this preposition, Gnostics believed anything done in the body, even, even the grossest sin, has no meaning because real life exists in the spirit realm only. This is, this is why they got by living in the kind of way they wanted to live. They said that uh, matter is totally sinful, meaning matter, your body, your fleshly body, is totally sinful. Your spirit inside is totally good. And so, since your body is totally sinful, it don't matter what you do in your body. That's what Gnostics believe. And that's what John, to me, this is interesting, this is what John was writing a letter about because evidently there were some people in the church that was trying to teach this and the doctrine didn't come from the Word of God, it came from Plato a philosopher, and others like him. Amen. They say, well, sister, uh, you know, the body's going to be done away with one day, so it don't matter. The spirit is in inherently good, but they fail to realize that your spirit, you, when you're born in this world, your spirit was dead because that spirit is the part that connects man to God. And when Adam sinned, the spirit of Adam died long before his body did. He had no connection. He had no communion. He had no fellowship with God. And the only way to get that spirit back right is through the born-again experience. Hallelujah. So, so John was writing against those teachers who claimed that all sins done in the body had no ill effect on our relationship with God. He declared that if you know him, you're going to keep his commandments. Simple as that. Amen. All right, let's go to the second one. <coughs> Those who are born of God walk as Christ walked. And basically that means, and, and you could paraphrase that and say, those who are born of God live as Jesus lived. Hmm. Think about that. First John chapter 2, verse 6. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Amen. Everybody remember that fad years ago uh, uh, and people were buying bracelets and everything else? What would Jesus do? Amen. Well, you know, before we... Uh, 
you're going down this crazy highway in Nashville, Tennessee, and somebody uh, um, cuts in front of you or does something wrong, and uh, before you want to blurt out something, you need to stop and say, what would Jesus do? Hallelujah. And I got to say, help me, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Help me to do what Jesus would do, Lord, not what Sister Margie back there would do. <laughs> uh, so, how did Jesus walk? How did Jesus walk? And I'm going to need some, here's where I'm going to need my readers now, Philippians, Mark, and John. Number one, the Bible says he walked with humility. He walked with humility. Um, you can't be close to God and have pride and arrogance in your life. Jesus lived with humility. He was, he was humble. He stayed humble. What does Philippians 2 and 8 say about that? He humbled himself and became obedient. That's walking like Jesus walked. We've got to be humble. We've got to be obedient. And, uh, and we have the Holy Ghost, folks, to help us in these areas. Amen. The Holy Ghost wasn't given just so you could feel a bunch of goosebumps and feel like jumping up and down and running around. Because, uh, I mean, most of the time in our life, we we don't we don't feel like doing that all the time. We, we we're fighting so many devils and everything going wrong. We don't feel like jumping up and down and got the Holy Ghost goosebumps. But that Holy Ghost is to be with us twenty four seven. Amen. Yes, brother. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Yep, that's that's good, brother. No, no, um, no, this this is open discussion. Anybody got something to say or ask? Fine, that's 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 exactly right. The Holy Ghost will keep us in check. Let me to go along with what Brother Paul said. Um, the Holy Ghost does me sometimes like my mama used to do. What did I mean by that? Sometimes when I was acting up, my mom would say, don't make me come back here, boy. <laughs> well, sometimes the Holy Ghost tells me, you better not make me come back here. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. That's, that's the truth anyhow. So he walked in humility. And also, and this helps us do this, Jesus walked in prayer. He was a man of prayer. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Somebody read that. And that just wasn't one time right there. That was, that was a habit of the Lord. He did that all the time. Uh, he knew if he waited till the sun come up, there's going to be great crowds gathered around him, wanting things from him, wanting to see him, wanting to hear him, wanting him to touch him, wanting him to heal. So, so he made sure he had his time in prayer. He would get up a long time before the sun come up and find a place to get alone, and he would pray. That's how Jesus walked, and that's the way we need to walk. Amen. He walked in prayer. And then thirdly, he walked with forgiveness. Amen. John chapter 8 and verse 11, what's that say?
okay, what, what took, was taking place there in that scripture she just read? Who was that? Okay, the woman that they brought Jesus to caught in the act of adultery. And they was ready to stone her. And they asked him what? He said, they said, the law says she, she needs to die. What are you saying? And he told them, let you without sin be the first one to cast a stone. Amen. And they all began to leave as he stooped down and wrote on the ground. I've heard a, a hundred tales on what he was writing, but... I'm kind of thinking maybe he was writing out what some of them old guys around there with the rocks in their hand, he was probably writing out some of their sins. <laughs> Uh-oh, I better get out of here. And then when he rose back up, he said, where are your accusers? And she said, I don't have none, they're gone. And he said, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. Yes, sis. This is your same praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Neither do I. So, Jesus walked in forgiveness or with forgiveness. And that lets us know that if we've been born of God, we're going to live the same way. We're going to be ready to forgive somebody. We're not going to hold a grudge against somebody forever and a day. Matter of fact, Jesus said, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Amen. We need to let it go on. Amen. So those who are born of God, walked as Christ walked. And that's how he walked. He walked in humility and um, he walked in prayer and he walked with forgiveness. Amen. These are fruits that you see in somebody's life. You know there's been a change. All right, the third one. Those who are born of God has love and not hate for everyone. First John, we're going to chapter 4, <clears throat> excuse me, verses 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. You see, this is what John taught. Those who born of God has love and not hate for for everybody. He said, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Amen. When you see somebody who demonstrates the love of God towards everybody, that's a sign that they have been changed, that they have been born again. Now notice the bottom paragraph there. There's a difference between love and like. The Bible does not teach that we got to like everybody. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> what's that, sister? Uh, what's that, sister? <laughs> Uh, I'm so glad Jesus didn't tell me I had to like everybody. Because <laughs> there are some people, that, I mean, they just make it impossible for you to like. Amen. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Okay, children, let's move on. <laughs> Look, listen to this. Look at this. If someone you know is untrustworthy, obnoxious, or not narcissistic, you don't have to like them or even have dealings with them, but you got to love them. What's the difference? Well, you got to be willing to help them if they're in need, and you got to be willing to pray for their soul. If you and I get in a business deal and you cheat me uh, and it comes out 
Yes, I got to forgive you. I got to love you anyway, but I don't have to be in business with you no more. What's that, what's that saying? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Amen. Uh, I mean, that's just, um, that's just simple there, folks. So I, I brought this out because I wanted you to understand, yes, God expects us to love everybody. And by loving everybody, it means no matter what they've done to you, if they're in need and you've got the ability to help them, God expects you to help them. Amen. He said if you, if you, if you what's the Bible say? If your uh, enemy hungers, feed them. Or if you're thirsty, give them something to drink. Because if you do, you're going to heap coals of fire on their head. You're going to go off. You're going to go off feeling good, and they're just going to be left there. So, why did they do that? They ain't going to be able to figure it out. The reason why they can't figure it out is because you're born to God and they're not. Amen. So, but I wanted to bring this out plain for you to know. Uh, you know, there's a difference between loving and liking. Amen. And uh, and the Lord understands that. He understands that. Um. Let me, let me do one more, number four, uh, and then we will close for tonight. Those who are born of God dissolves a love for the world. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15. If anyone loves the world and the, the, the love of the Father is not in him or her. Amen. When you get born of God, you're not gonna you're not gonna enjoy the things you used to enjoy. You're not going to what used to satisfy you is not going to satisfy you no more. It's going it's going things are going to change. Uh, <coughs> one cannot love. Now I'm going to show what I'm what what the Bible means about what's it mean about the world. One cannot love this world system and the things that are in the world and the love the Lord our God at the same time. You can't love the things of the world and love the Lord at the same time. The whole reasoning and outlook of the world is diametrically opposite from the philosophy and mindset of our Heavenly Father. And loving the world and the things of this world is incompatible with our love for the Father and His desire for His children. The world has one way of doing things. And God's people has another. You know, there are some people, uh, they, they, they want to go around and you see it, you know, you see it on, on social media, on Facebook. Every, every time holidays come around, a lot of people, they, they start uh, uh, down on other people because they celebrate this or do that or take part in this, you know. They want to say, you know, well, you just... But there's, there's two ways that you can do things. Sometimes it's not, not the act or the thing itself that's wrong, but it's the way you do it. Amen. And I, and, I, and I will go ahead and I will bring this out. The way that we did just uh, for the fall, having the trunk or treat, uh, the way we did that, there's no Bible nowhere against it. We were reaching out and using an outreach. We wouldn't... We, People that were dressed up were dressed up uh, by Bible characters and everything, and we were trying to open up, amen, to the community. Now, we could turn that around and we could did what we did on October the 31st and we could have all something else going on, you know, uh, uh, with witches and goblins and all that kind of stuff, and that wouldn't, that's not the same thing, is it? It's not the same thing. Uh, and uh, I mean, and, and again, you know, there's some people I enjoy going 
uh, when I get the opportunity, and I don't do it very often, but every now and then, I enjoy going uh, seeing a ball game. I, li- I like to, I like to watch the sounds play. Some people put you in hell for doing that. Some people put you in hell for for playing sports by going fishing or golfing and everything else. Folks, you got to have a little common sense. Hallelujah. Uh, Brother Paul, you can go out there on that greenway and you can uh, and you can raise the devil or you can you can um, go out there and you can uh, let your light shine. You know, uh, it's it's a it's a right way and a wrong way about everything. Amen. And so, but loving the world means loving the system of the world and how the world functions and, and everything else. And I'm going to tell you what, as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing in this world worth me losing heaven over. Amen? Nothing worth me missing heaven over. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What's the Bible say? We are in the world that's we're not of the world, Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's uh, five after eight. We're going to stop right there with number four. We will finish up uh, later, and uh, but I hope it's uh, that you will get um, uh, getting blessing out of this and understand that uh, you know if we are born again and born to God, we're going to be producing fruits that show it. Amen, and that's very important. Let's all stand together. I pray blessings upon everybody for the rest of the week. I hope you have a great week and that God's hand will be upon you. You don't never know what's going to happen. Like Sister uh, 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 Darlene gave the uh, prayer request of uh, uh, her cousin, Harold Farmer, lost one of his grandsons. Uh, I didn't realize a couple of nights ago when we seen it on uh, TV uh, that we showed on there about that uh, uh, man getting shot and killed. That's an everyday occurrence now. It's an everyday occurrence. And you don't never know when you get out on the outside. Well, you know what? Even in your home, you could be in your home and a stray bullet could go inside your house. So it pays to know the Lord. Praise and know the Lord. Amen. Oh, okay. Come on, Ronnie. Brother Kyle, would you come?